Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Everything About Everything podcast. I'm your host, Arkeese Claiborne, and just let me tell you, I'm really excited to, you know, start this podcast and get to talk about everything that I love talking about. Um, so if you don't if you don't know who I am, obviously I just said my name, but I go to Messiah University. I'm a junior here. Um, I play basketball here. I'd say I'm pretty good, but, you know, you might be up for a little bit of a debate. Uh, and I just love sports. I love music. And I have a, an affinity for shoes as well. So if you like that, this is the podcast for you. If you don't, I hope you can still listen in and learn some things. But um, I'd like to talk about a little bit about what I believe in as far as like sports goes, um, music as well, like what I listen to, who's my most listened to artist this year, and then a little bit about my sneaker collection and what shoes I'm looking to get next. So first off, I, I love basketball. That's literally like my main sport. Um, but football-wise, I'm a Steelers fan. And we're not doing too well to start the season. We're one and two um, as the time I'm recording this. So hopefully we can pick it back up, but we'll see. Uh, my favorite basketball player is LeBron James. I I really believe he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, there's debates. You could say Jordan's the greatest. You could say Kobe, Kareem, whoever. But my re- basically my my main reason why I think LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time is the accolades, obviously. Why I see him do on the court, I I just don't think anybody else can really can really match what he does on the court on a, on a night to night basis. I mean, for this he's going into year twenty, and for nineteen years he's been basically averaging twenty five at least twenty five points a game with at least five to seven rebounds and five to seven assists. So he's been consistent this whole time. Um, not not to mention that I've never watched Michael Jordan play. I've never seen Kareem play. Kobe, I mean, maybe a little bit of Kobe I, I watched play, but Kobe was really on like the tail of, tail end of his career when I started watching basketball, which is about 2010. So not really the tail end, but it was after he won his last championship. I wasn't really, I don't really remember anything about basketball before then. Um, so LeBron's just always been my guy, you know. Uh, so going off that, I'd like to talk about my all-time list and you know you could have Jordan one or LeBron one but for this I'm gonna put LeBron number one I'll have Jordan number two Kareem I think deserves the number three spot I think he's kind of in that category with LeBron as far as as far as longevity goes um, there's not really many players that can play for that long and and still produce at even the age that Kareem was at which is like in his 40s when he retired and he's the all-time leading scorer, so it has to count for something. He's a six-time champion, although he did he did win five of those with Magic. Um, but everybody needs a great teammate as well. So Kobe, I kind of have number four. I just don't think – I don't know how you could put anybody above Kobe. You know, there's debates, but I think Kobe deserves that number four spot. Um, he's basically Jordan 2.0. Obviously, I think Jordan still has had the better career. I wouldn't necessarily say Jordan was, or Jordan was the more skilled than Kobe. I think Kobe did really have more like basketball skill and knowledge. 
just of the game. But I think Jordan kind of put everything together as far as athleticism. Jordan was super athletic, and he still had, not saying Kobe was so much more skilled, but Jordan still had almost the same skill as Kobe, or Kobe had the same skill as Jordan, whichever way you want to put it. Um, I think at the five spot, I think I got to go Magic and Bird six. I think, I think they deserve that five and six spot. Because if you if you know a little bit about the the state of the NBA during the the late seventies before before those two guys got in the league, it was kind of falling off. Uh, you know, they weren't doing too well as far as view viewership was going, stuff like that. So I think when you added those two guys, Magic and Bird, I think they kind of really changed the landscape of the NBA, especially since they were like. The first two players to get basically shoe deals, they both signed with Converse, and they had like their own, not signature shoe, but they kind of had their own like line of shoe. Um, so I think they had to go five and six there. They're still both really good players, but I think their impact of the game to the game of basketball and the NBA kind of puts them at that five and six spot. Um, so seven to ten is kind of where it gets a little. For me, it kind of gets a little like a gray area. I think seven. I think seven. I have to go. Bill Russell here, eleven-time champion. I mean, that speaks for itself. I don't really. I don't know if I really need to say anything else about him being number seven right there. Um, so Bill Russell at seven, and then I think I have to go. Steph eight. I think this past year in the finals, Steph kind of. Sl- solidified himself in the all-time great ranking so I think I think I gotta go step eight here um who else nine and ten it depends who you want to put I think for me it's a little weird here because some of these guys can be outside the top 10 like barely outside the top 10 but I think I have to go Hakeem uh not sure. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to go Hakeem at 10, and I'll put Duncan at 9. Tim Duncan at 9. So, I think the reason for that is, ooh, that's a tough one, because I feel like I'm leaving a lot of players out. But I still think I have a pretty good list at, up to this point. Um, Tim Duncan, I think he has to be there. Five-time champ, three-time finals MVP. Uh... You know, the things he did as far as he was great, great defensive player, great offensive player. He brought he was both sides of the ball, great defender. He's one of the few people all time with multiple or more than five all the all first team defense selections. I think there's only like six players on that list. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I think he doesn't get the respect he deserves because he kinda played in San Antonio, kinda quiet reserved kept to himself he wasn't really in the media as much as some of the other players or talked about as some as much as some of the other players so I think people kind of forget him off their list and then it's kind of hard I want to put Hakeem 10 because I feel like out of all the out of all the people I mentioned as a big I think he he's probably the most skilled big man of all time and I I don't really see anybody who could who could debate that or who could, you know, 
be like, oh, no, this guy's the greatest. I don't know if I can really think of that. I think Hakeem's footwork, his skills in the post, and not not saying he was a great ball handler, but his ability to put the ball on the floor at least a little bit, and his defensive prowess, he's he got like a quadruple double in a couple games. Like, who's who's really doing that, you know what I mean? So I think Hakeem has to be 10. And a couple guys I feel like I left off this list, Shaq, I don't know. I don't know where I'm putting Shaq at. I, maybe you could say seven in front of Bill Russell, because um, I think Shaq is the most dominant player of all time. So leaving him off the top ten kind of hurts me a little bit. And then KD is just outside of my top ten as well. I think up there with, you know, Kareem or not Kareem, Hakeem. It's it's Hakeem, KD, Kobe, and Jordan. I think are some of the most skilled basketball players of all time. And I think what makes KD so great is his ability to combine his size, his his big man size. He's at least he's at least six ten. You can say he's seven foot, whatever. But he combines his size with the abilities of a guard to put the ball in the deck, knock down jump shots, knock down mid ranges, and he does it very very efficiently too. So KD's up there. I think he doesn't crack my top ten because he just doesn't have that. What's the word for it? He hasn't really shown, and I think a lot of people can agree with me that he can elite that he can lead his own team and win a championship. I think, you know, he when he was with the Warriors, you could say it was his team. He was a closer, whatever. But at the end of the day, he did have to join the seven three nine team to get two championships. Um, and before that, he lost in the finals to LeBron. And he, granted, he was young, but still. 2016, I think 2016 was his best chance to win a championship as the leader of his own team. Once he got to the Western Conference Finals, he's up 3-1 on the same Warriors. He ends up joining the next season and loses three straight games and gets eliminated from the playoffs. I don't think he gets a lot of criticism for that as far as as far as I've seen. But I think I think if he would have beat that Warriors team. And made it to the finals. I think it would have been in good finals. With you know Kyrie, LeBron. The, that Cavs team was really good that year. And and in 2017 too. But um, And then you got him with Russ and Ibaka. Roberson. A lot of good guys on that squad. But Russ, Russ and KD were definitely still the main guys there. Um, I think that would have been in good finals in 2016. You know he's just going to pull it out. And I think he had a good chance of winning it as well. So. You know, maybe if things turned out a little different, he still has time with the with the Nets. We'll see how they look this year. I think it all depends on health for them and, you know, just having all their guys playing together. But, you know, he could crack, he could crack my top ten all time. We'll see how that goes, though. Uh, So next I kind of wanted to talk about the top 100 list from NBA. They just put it out a couple days ago. And this is where they rank the top 100 players in the NBA or who they predict would be the top 100 players in the NBA for the upcoming season. So 100 through like 26, there's a there's some notable names here, but I kind of want to skim through it a little bit. And this is my first time seeing it, so I'll look through it a little bit. So we got Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Hawks at 100. Grant Williams at 99, Mitchell Robinson 98, Kevin Love 97, 
Seth Curry, 96. Keegan Murray, 95. Brandon Clark, 94. D'Angelo Russell, 93. Christian Wood, 92. Anthony Simons, 91. Buddy Heald, 90. Mike Conley, 89. Nurkic, 88. Brogdon, 87. Porzingis, 86. Clarkson, 85. Valanciunas, 84. Aaron Gordon, 83. Bancaro, 82. Josh Giddy, 81. Karis LeVert, 80. So, just from that 100 to 80, kind of see there's there's some good bench players there and some solid starters there, but not really that many notable names other than Keegan Murray and Bancaro, who were the top two of the top five picks this, this past year. Um, Capella's at 79. Lonzo Ball at 78 is the first is the first kind of big name player, at least in my opinion. I um, mean, I think he kind of gets this ranking because. He hasn't really shown that he can stay healthy for the whole for a whole entire season. I mean, last year he was ranked 57th, which isn't bad. That's that's probably where I'd still kind of put him. So this 78, 57, I'd probably put him somewhere in between there. Uh, so I don't really have any gripes with that ranking. Dylan Brooks, 77. Ben Simmons, 76, after being ranked 28th last year. I think that's a little... I want to say questionable because he still hasn't played in over a year. We don't know how good he's going to be. But all signs point to him really being able to fit in with the Nets because he doesn't have to. He can. I think everybody from what I've heard and who I've talked to, they kind of expect him to be kind of a Draymond Green role for the team. And I think he can do that really well, especially at his size. He's 6'10". He can handle the ball. He can pass really well. He's a great defender. He just doesn't – he's not a good shooter. And, I, and that's what everybody has been saying about him, and nothing has really changed. You know, he's had some issues in the past, injuries, mental health. So I'm kind of expecting a bounce-back year. We'll see. Like I said earlier, if the Nets can have all their players playing together for a good majority of the season, I think they'll be fine come playoff time. And they'll make a deep run to the Eastern Conference playoffs, even the finals, maybe. So Ben Simmons at 76, I understand. Um, he ha- he definitely has potential to be the top 25 player that everybody kind of knows he can be, but he just has to go out there and prove it. Um, OG Anunoby at 75 for the Raptors. Harrison Barnes at 74. John Collins at 73. Michael Porter Jr. at 72. He was ranked 41st last year. He's still kind of young, and kind of like the Lonzo Ball situation. It's because he doesn't, he can't stay on the floor for a good amount of time. He's, you know, as Lonzo, he's been injured for a lot, and he hasn't really proven that he can stay healthy. So the seventy-two ranking, he kind of, kind of fits him there. Julius Randle seventy-one, Al Horford seventy, Spencer Dinwiddie sixty-nine, Desmond Bain sixty-eight. Jalen Brunson, 67. Miles Turner, 66. We'll see what happens with Miles Turner this year. I feel like everybody thinks he's going to get traded to the Lakers. Everybody, you know, they're kind of thinking Miles Turner and Buddy Hewitt are going to get traded to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook and whoever. That's, like, if I go on, like, NBA Twitter or something, that's, like, the main thing that everybody talks about when they talk about Miles Turner is him going to the Lakers. But we'll see. Uh... 
what the Pacers decided to do. I know they just got um, Tyrese Halliburton and they just drafted Ben Matherin out of Arizona in the draft. So they have a good they have a good young core. So we'll see if they decide to build around that or maybe trade Heald and t- Turner away for some more young talent. And Russell Westbrook is at 65 after last year being 29th. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. 65. I think 65 right now is probably decent for us. It's kind of crazy to say, considering that for the past, except for last year, for the past couple years, he's averaged a triple-double, just won an MVP a couple years ago. But I feel like it's more of a media thing with Russ. Like, obviously, he's not the same player that he used to be. But 65 may be a little low, but depending who you ask, maybe the perfect spot for him, maybe even a little too high. Honestly, 65, I won't argue with that too much. And then 64, you have Jeremy Grant. 63, R.J. Barrett. 62, Jalen Green. 61, Tyler Harrow. 60, Kyle Lowry. 59, Tyrese Halliburton. Robert Williams is at 58. Vucevic for the Bulls is at 57. Tobias Harris is at 56. Poole's at 55. De'Aaron Fox is at 54. And um, last year he was ranked 30, 34th. So it kind of they're kind of dropping him in their ranking a little bit. And remember, this these rankings are still, they're all opinion-based. So they're not like, oh, who's the who's the best? Like, it's not ranked like that. It's more of opinionated, you know, from the people that he's been who made this. But Fox, I feel like he's, my my guess would be he's ranked this low because he kind of hasn't made any strides in making his team better. Um, but, you know, he does play in Sacramento. They're not really a good organization over there. So, you know, it's kind of hard to do anything with the Kings. They haven't really, they haven't even made the playoffs in who knows how long. It's been probably almost 10, 15, 20 years. But he's he's been consistent, but his team hasn't. It's been kind of stagnant as well. So we'll see what happens with the Kings this season. They just drafted Keegan Murray. Um, So who knows? Jaron Jackson's at 53. Jared Allen's at 52. Aiden is at 51. Jamal Murray's at 50. We'll see how he comes back off his ACL injury. He wasn't ranked last year because he was hurt. Mikel Bridges is at 49. He was second in defensive player of the year voting. So he's great. He's a great wing defender, 3 and D guy. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is at 48. And, you know, I like his game. So 48, I think that's a good spot for him. Demonis Sabonis of the Kings as well is at 47. Darius Garland's at 46. And he's made he's made a lot of improvement. I mean, last year he was ranked 80, 84th, so this year being ranked 46, he's jumped almost almost 40 spots, and he's really improved from his rookie year to now. He's really improved, gotten better, gotten his team better. They, I feel like they would have made the playoffs this year if they didn't have um, a bunch of injuries and stuff. I know Evan Mobley was out for a little bit. I think Jared Allen was out for a little. So they had a lot of injuries, and they end up slipping to like the A spot at the end of the year. And then they have to play in the play-in games. They don't win either of those games, so they get eliminated from the playoffs. Um, 45th, C.J. McCollum. I think that's a good ranking for him right now. Uh, seeing as his, you know, his new team, 
didn't really see if I can remember. They played the Suns. They lost in six, I think, in the first round of the playoffs. You know, I think he played decently. I think he had a couple games that series. I don't know if it was a whole series or just a couple games, but I know he didn't play that well in some of the games. So 45th, he's in a new spot. He's, they kind of have him playing the point guard role. Um, you know, Brandon Ingram's still on that team. He's a great scorer, 25-point-per-game scorer. And then they're supposed to get have Zion back this year. So we'll see what Zion does um, as far as his health, if he's in basketball shape, you know, th- those kind of things. Tyrese Maxey at 44 after being not ranked last year. He's also, just like Darius Garland, he's also made a lot of strides in getting better from, you know, the last year and even the year before that to now. Draymond Green at 43. I think that's a good ranking for him. 42 DeJounte Murray. He jumped 40 spots from last year where he was ranked 83rd. And he was really good this season. I think this past season, it was his first All-Star appearance. And he was averaging around 28-9 for the for the Spurs. Now he's with the Hawks. We'll see how that goes. Um, kind of a ball-dominant player just as Trey Young. But I think they brought him in to kind of hide Trey Young on defense a little bit because Trey Young is not a good defender at all. So we'll see how he does in this new role. LaMelo at 41. Last year he was ranked 47, so he jumped a little bit. He also had his first All-Star appearance this past year. I think this is a good rank for him. He averaged 27-7 last season. So 41 is good for LaMelo. Zion is ranked 40. And uh, I don't know if I like that ranking. I think as of right now, it's probably a good ranking for Zion. Just because he hasn't he hasn't played. He didn't play at all last year. But he's he has the talent to be a top fifteen, top even top ten player in the league. You just gotta see if he can put it all together, stay healthy, you know, watch his weight, whatever. So forty, I think he'll be better than I think this year I predict Zion's gonna be better than, than the fortieth best fortieth best player in the NBA. Scotty Barnes at thirty nine, he's a rookie of the year. He dealt with some injuries last year and in the playoffs. Um, but I expect him to make a couple strides this year in his game. So 39, he might jump higher than that. Might be around there, but I don't think he's going to regress at all. Fred Van Fleet, his teammate, 38. That's a good list, or a good ranking for Van Fleet. I won't argue with that too much. Clay's at 37 after being ranked 32 last year. It's around that. I think it's pretty good. Um, you know, this is that was his first year back off off of his Achilles injury and his ACL injury. So two back to back injuries, two years out, and now he's back playing. Just won an NBA championship. Thirty seven. I'd give him thirty seven. Only dropped five spots from last year. So Evan Mobley ranked thirty six, which is kind of. Kind of crazy, not really crazy, but Scotty Barnes, who won Rookie of the Year, is 39. Evan Mobley's 36. And then at 35, we have Cade Cunningham. So three rookies in the top 40. The Rookie of the Year is actually ranked is actually ranked lower on the list than the two people that he was battling out for for most of the season for the Rookie of the Year. So yeah, Cade at 35. 
Marcus Smart at 34, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I'll give him that ranking. I won't say too much about it. Defensive Player of the Year it was the point guard for the Celtics who just got to the NBA Finals this year. Kyrie at 33, a little low. Kyrie has, you know, talent to be at least top 20. But I think just because he hasn't, because of the COVID and his, you know, beliefs about COVID and whatever, he hasn't really, in the NBA and the state he plays in, New York, all the all the restrictions on COVID kind of, kind of kept him out for most of the year, even though he's been healthy. Um, and then, you know, the year before that, basically the same thing. So he hasn't really played a lot of basketball in the past few years so we'll see what Kyrie does this year he has you know he's good enough to be top top 15 in my opinion um but 33 we'll see how it goes Andrew Wiggins at 32 I think the Warriors him joining the Warriors kind of kind of revived his career a little bit it was kind of dying out a little in Minnesota wasn't really a good fit for him but I think him with the Warriors now he doesn't have to worry about um, too much about being an all-star, being the best guy out there, because he just has to play his role, and he does it really well. Chris Milton at 31. I'd say it's a good ranking. I don't know. Chris Milton, he's kind of he's kind of a streaky guy, in my opinion. Like, some games, especially in the playoffs, he'll, he'll be playing well one game, and the next game, it's like he can't make a shot. And the game after that, he's knocking out every, every shot in the clutch and hitting game winners. So he's kind of he's kind of up and down. He's not really a, a more consistent player, especially when playoff time comes. But I think the Bucks really did miss him this year. I think if they had him this year, they would have won the finals. Uh, I think they would have they would have easily beat the Celtics. They went to sev- seven with the Celtics without Chris Middleton, probably their best, probably their best outside scorer. And I think that if you add them, to probably beat the Heat. And I think it gives him a really good shot against the Warriors, at least better than what the Celtics had. So, Chris Milton at 31. Siakam, Pascal Siakam at 30. I won't argue with it. He's a 20, average 22-9 and nine last year. Um, Brandon Egram at 29. We'll see how the Pelicans do this year. They got McCollum, Zion, Ingram, all ranked in the top 45. So... I think they'll be a good team this year. They really they really pressured the Suns last year. And I know a lot of Suns fans are probably scared and nervous watching watching them play in that, that first round series this past year. The Rosen at twenty eight. Mm, it is it was his first year or his first year with the Bulls. And he averaged a career high twenty seven point nine points per game. I think that's good. His running mate, Zach Levine's ranked twenty seven. So I give him that. Drew Holiday, twenty six. Uh, last year was ranked twenty second. I think that's a good spot for Drew Holiday. I, I, in my opinion, I think he's the best perimeter defender in the league. He's strong. He has quick hands. So twenty six for Drew Holiday, I think, is pretty good. And then that that rounds out the top twenty six, or one hundred to twenty six. So now we're going to 25 to 11. And at 25 is Anthony Edwards, one of the best young talents in the league. Uh, Basketball-wise, he's a really good player. I think that first-round series against the Grizzlies kind of put him on the map even more if he wasn't on a lot of people's radar. Probably put him on the map even more. 
in my opinion, because he played really well that series. Rather than, I think, I forget what game it was, but he just hit, like, the game-tying shot on one end, and in the last second he makes a bad play and gambles and gives and gets John Morant easy layup, and John Morant ends up winning the game for the Grizzlies. So, just a rookie mistake by him. Going, He's going into his third third year this year, and recently, I think it was two weeks ago, just in the media for some comments he made, and he got fined for it. $40,000, which is kind of to be expected from regarding some of the stuff he said. Donovan Mitchell, 24. He was ranked 18th last year. I just joined a new team. The Cavaliers just got traded. So I think, I don't know how the Cavs will be. They kind of have, they have some size, but they also, they're also kind of small in the backcourt. Like Mitchell's only maybe 6'3". And Darius Garland's like six one, six two. So their backcourt is kind of small, but they do have some really good around the rim bigs and versatile bigs, and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley who can kind of step out in perimeter and guard a little bit, but also get back to the rim and block shots. So maybe that'll cover up kind of their backcourt, their backcourt deficiencies on the defensive end. But we'll have to see how that goes. Bam Adebayo at twenty three. I think that's a good rank for him. He's definitely a top 25 player. I don't know if I would put him inside the top 20. Um, Jalen Brown at 22. Just like Bam. Good ranking. Wouldn't put him in the top 20. Chris Paul, 21. Pretty good. Last year he was ranked 13th. But he's starting to show his age a little bit. Especially once playoff time comes on the defensive end a little bit. Uh, but you know he still he still has a high he's still a high IQ player can still knock down shots so twenty one is pretty good for Chris Paul, Anthony Davis at twenty, last year he was ranked ninth, he can't stay healthy, and when he has been healthy at least this past year, he didn't play too well or up to his standards I'm sure, um, especially shooting the ball and he wasn't a good three point shooter this year I think he shot thirty percent from three, but. The main thing with AD is just being able to stay healthy. Once you can do that, I'm pretty sure for most people, he'd probably be higher than 20. Bradley Bill at 19. Just signed a new contract. He's still a 30-point-per-game scorer easily. Last year, he was ranked 11th. But the Wizards haven't really done anything, so I think 19 is probably good for him. Gobert at 18. Gobert is a good, is a good defender around the rim, but I think his deficiencies on... Guarding the pick and roll and switching stuff and having to guard perimeter players and guard them going to the basket kind of was amplified with the Jazz because the Jazz didn't really have any good defenders, perimeter defenders. So all the defensive, uh, all the defensive focus or the offensive focus was kind of attacking those guys and making Gobert have to guard. So he had to cover up for a lot of his team's defensive deficiencies. And, you know, sometimes he'd do a good job, sometimes he wouldn't. And it kind of showed in the playoffs because Jazz didn't go as far as, as I'm pretty sure a lot of Jazz fans would have liked. So at 17, we got Jimmy Butler. I think that's a good rank for him. Around the same ranking he had last year. Last year he was 16. This year he's 17. Trey Young, 16. Good list. He was ranked 17th last year, so. Him and Jimmy Butler just switched spots for this year. Uh, we'll see how the Hawks are. 
I don't know. Trey Young did lead the league in total points and assists last year. But once it gets down to the playoffs, he's a small defender. He's not a good defender. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would say he's probably the worst defender in the league as far as starters go. Um, I just don't feel like he gives enough effort on the defensive end because at the end of the day, defense is just about giving giving enough effort to cover up for maybe your lack of ability to stay in front of people or your lack of foot speed, quickness, lateral quickness, etc. So if you can do that, he'll be fine. Just give a little more effort on defense and maybe maybe it's because he takes on such a load on offense and he has the ball in his hands all the time. But with the John Murray, we'll see if he's handling the ball as much as he has been. So that may give him more injury to just give more effort on defense. Poor George at 15. Last year he was ranked 12th. Uh, that's a good list. I think that's good for PG. He was he was hurt a little bit, but when he was playing without Kawhi, he did show that he could still you know get buckets and do his thing. So PG at 15, I think is good. Dame at 14 didn't play at, didn't really play at all last year. I think he played to start at the beginning of the year, and then after that, he got an injury and just sat out for the rest of the year. So players weren't that good this year, and they had like a top 10 pick in the draft. So 14 for Lillard, uh, as far as this year goes, I think is pretty good. So 13, we got Carl Anthony Towns. Um, last year's ranked 24th, so I don't really have any issues with him being 13th. I think I honestly would probably put him, if I made this list, I'd probably put him past Gobert. So I put him at 17 where Bulber's at, and then I just move everybody who he who's in front of from there just up one spot. Kawhi at 12. Uh, I don't know if I like 12. I think Kawhi is definitely he's definitely a top 10 player. You can debate if he's top 5, but I think Kawhi is definitely a top 10 player. So he'd be I I'd, I'd probably put him on my list. Probably maybe not top 5, but I'd probably put him like around 8, 9. But 12 I feel like is a little too low for Kawhi right now. But he is coming off an ACL injury, but I I still think he's going to come back and and still be one of the best players in the league. And Harden is at 11 ahead of Kawhi. So yeah, I would definitely I would definitely put Kawhi ahead of Harden. Harden hasn't really played up to what we're used to Harden playing like. Maybe it's the rule change about, you know, flopping and the three-point shooting. So they changed the rule to where you can't really lean into the defender if they're if they're jumping at you or if they're if they jump up on a pump fake, you can't really lean into them. And you could say Harden got a lot of his points from free throws and stuff like that, which he did. But he's kind of regressing a little bit. So 10 or 11 for Harden. I wouldn't put him up. I wouldn't put him ahead of Kawhi. So I can't really agree with that. But 11 isn't too bad. And then we still have we still have the top ten player rankings for the NBA, the top ten players. Um let me find so I'm I'm looking at this as we go, so I'm trying to look for it. 
top 10. Okay. So we got the top 10 players. So 10th, they have Devin Booker. 9, John Morant. 8, Kevin Durant. 7, Jason Tatum. LeBron James at 6. Steph at 5. Embiid at 4. Luka at 3. Jokic at 2. And then at number 1, who ESPN thinks is the best player in the league, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And... You know, honestly, I would agree with Giannis being the best player in the league. I think Giannis is definitely he he's definitely talented enough to be the best player in the league. He's already he's already won an NBA championship, won a Finals MVP, back to back MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. So he's he has the accolades to prove it, but he's also skilled and he's also still getting better. He's in his prime right now, and he still has a lot of work to do as far as getting better and reaching his potential. So we'll see how it goes. I think I think he, in my opinion, he definitely deserves that number one spot. Jokic at Jokic at two is cool. I won't I won't gripe about it too much. Luca at three. I don't know if I can put Luca at three. Especially I think Curry I think Curry is ranked fifth. Curry's at five. I think Curry has to be in that number three spot. You could even honestly, you could put it, even put him number two, since the the players that are ahead of him, Embiid, Jokic, and Doncic, he beat two of those guys in the playoffs. You could say his team was better, but he did outperform. He did outperform those guys when it mattered. So, I think I would put Steph three. Or Steph, I would put Steph. You can honestly put Steph two, but I think three right now is good for Steph. And then I'd probably put, I'd still have, I'd have Luke at four. Last year he was ranked four, so I'd still keep him in that spot. And then Embiid was ranked seven last year. He's ranked, he's ranked four this year. I'd probably move Embiid to the top five. Um, So yeah, that's the, that's the top 100 list. Uh, LeBron, my guy, my guy LeBron being outside the top five. Uh, I I can't really say any anything about it because the Lakers weren't good this year. He is. This is like a basically a prediction of of how they expect the season to play out and who's going to be the best this year. But LeBron has proven that even at his old age, in NBA years, of course, that he can still produce. He averaged thirty points per game last year. Um, but I think it's all about the Lakers just. Finding the right lineups and putting everything together, maybe making some moves, but didn't really have enough cap space to sign anybody, or really make any trades or deals because they they moved it all in the the Westbrook and the AD trades. But yeah, that's the top 100 list. And another thing with the NBA that I wanted to talk about is Ime Udoka and his suspension. Um, for the whole 2022-23 season. So if you didn't know, Udoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, basically he got he got a suspension from the team, from the Celtics organization, for the whole year because it was reported that he was having a consensual relationship with one of the staff members on the team. So my thing is, though, is that 
I don't know how you can give a guy a one year suspension for uh for what they report as, you know, a consensual relationship with a staff member. I could see like like maybe half the season, maybe twenty, thirty, forty games. Um, half the season would probably be my max. So I kinda think maybe something else is going on there. There hasn't really been any other updates um about the situation since it first came out. Um, there's been like an update maybe a couple days ago that, you know, he was getting suspended for the whole year, but it may be worse than, than what was originally reported because Matt Barnes, um, former NBA player. And now he's like an analyst, um, that appears on ESPN and some other shows. He has his own podcast as well. He kind of made an Instagram post a few days ago, kind of regarding the situation. And then he deleted it because he found out some more information about um, the situation. And Matt Barnes is really, he's really a questionable guy off the court as well. I think it was like a whole situation with him and Derek Fisher, and Derek Fisher was like was like messing with his wife or whatever, and then he had to drive to, and he drove like an hour or so, an hour or two maybe, to to pick a fight with the guy. So, Everybody has been saying, like I've seen a lot of people say that if Matt Barnes is saying that it's that something else is going on or it's worse than what it looks, then something really bad has to be happening. So maybe we'll find out something in the in the next couple of days. But uh, that's the situation. I don't know, really know how I think. If it's worse than what it is, I can understand the the full the full season suspension, but. If it's just, you know, a consensual relationship between two staff members, obviously that's inappropriate. But you got to ask yourself if it really, you know, deserves a full full year suspension for that. If it if that's just the whole situation where it's just a relationship between two staff members, I don't think it deserves a, a suspension for a full year. But if it's something else, then it's probably deserved. So that's all the basketball stuff I'm going to talk about. And I want to get into a little music right now. Um, so, how how would I describe my music style? I don't really know. I listen to a lot of different genres of music, but it's still mainly like still mainly like R and B, rap music, a little bit of pop, you know, uh, soul stuff like that. Um, but within it, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of different avenues within those, those few genres. And I think I have, have a little, I like a little bit of everything. Like I can get with like the old nineties music, like Wu-Tang and, and Jay-Z, A Tribe Called Quest, just name a few people like Mob Deep, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So like nineties music, I can get with that. Eighties rap, I have a little bit of that as well. 2000s there's just a there's just a lot of music that I enjoy that is going to be so hard to name everything as of right now but this year so far I've listened to 638 hours of music and my number one listen to artists this year I've listened to 620 different artists um according to Apple Music and number one is Tony Snow with 34 35 total hours listened to this year, which is a little bit surprising, but not really because this summer 
I was listening to him a lot, a lot, a lot, like on a drive to work, um, working out, stuff like that. So that's been that's been my number one listen to artist this year. Number two is Kanye West with 34, 34 hours. So he's right behind. Kanye West is definitely my favorite artist of all time. I think he's the greatest as as far as like artists goes, like the greatest artist. I think I would say he's the greatest, but I'm a little bit biased. So I just think his ability to change his style and then still be producing stuff. And just just being an overall musical genius, sampling, stuff like that, I think that gives, to me, that makes him the greatest artist of all time. You can debate me. I won't really care, but he's the greatest artist in my opinion. So third is Tyler, the Creator, with 31 Hours. I kind of think of him as kind of in that Kanye lane where, like, he can change his style and still be good at it, and he can still, and he produces most of his mostly all of his songs on all of his albums. So he's in that Kanye West boat for me. Drake at number four with 26 hours. Um, I won't say it's surprising because Drake, Drake is Drake, you know. He's a, he is a hit maker. Uh, he's good. He's, you know, he's Drake. There's not really much you can say about it. So Drake at four is pretty good. Um, Jay-Z at five for me, 23 hours total listen to. I, I did start listening to Jay-Z a lot more this year than usually. Um, I really enjoy Reasonable Doubt. I think that's one. I don't know. I think I need to listen to all his albums over again. But so far, that's probably my favorite album of his. I, I downloaded the whole album. Um, and it's just, I feel like it's just like classic rap music. You know, that's like a classic album. Uh, so Jay-Z is Number five. Number six is Kendrick Lamar. Just dropped an album this year. I wasn't really too fond of it as I was his his first couple albums. Like Section 80. I, I really enjoy Section 80. Um, Good Kid, Mad City, I think is his best album. A lot of people would say his next album, um, The Pimple Butterfly, is, is his greatest album or one of the greatest hip-hop albums. I think... I don't know how to say this because I think... Tapin Butterfly is a better all-time hip-hop album than Good Kid, Mad City. But I feel like Good Kid, Mad City kind of, to me, I don't know, resonates, sits with me a little bit more than Tapin Butterfly does. So that's why I think that's his best album, even though Tapin Butterfly might be more culturally relevant to hip-hop. Um, Playboy Cardi is actually one of my favorite artists as well. He's at number seven. Uh, it's waiting for the album to drop whenever he drops it. It's kind of inconsistent with his album um, whenever he drops an album. Like, his first album came out in 2017. Then he drops one a year later. And then he goes on hiatus for almost three years or two and a half years. And then now we're just waiting on another one. I really enjoy his music. I've been listening to him for a long, long time. I'm 19 now. And I think I started listening to him when I was about 13 years old. So it's been a couple years. I've been listening to him before he dropped his first album. So I've been listening to him for a while. And then Gunna at 17. You know, classic modern day rap music. Kind of Gunna embodies that a little bit. Uh, Future at 9. Future is really... He's really a good artist. I think in some circles, 
is kind of underappreciated. But when you go back and look at like all his albums through the years, there's at least one song on there's at least one or two songs on there where it's like you can look back and be like, Yeah, I remember that being played on the radio. Like, at least for me, I I can look back at some of and be like, That was future. Like he made that song. He he was a part of this. Like he's really been around like hip hop culture and the the game for decades almost for for 10 years so after that kind of gets a little kind of gets a little iffy for me future was nine j cole is 10 i don't really listen to j cole that much um only 11 hours but j cole being my 10th most to artist is a little what can i say i won't i won't be mad at it because I do I do love his music, but I think his last album, The Off Season, it was it was a great album, but it wasn't the replay, the replay value for me wasn't as much as some of the other albums that year, like Call Me If You Get Lost or Certified Lover Boy or Donda. So I think all of those albums that I just mentioned, I listened to at least a you know, at least two, three times. But the album, the off season, I, I just didn't listen to it after that first listen. But that first listen, I really did enjoy. Like I could pick a couple songs out of there and just go driving around and enjoy listening to that music. And then Michael Jackson, 11 Hours Tied with J. Cole, is my next artist. He, you know, he's Michael Jackson. He's the great. He's probably the greatest, greatest singer performer of all time. He's and I and I love this. He's probably other than Kanye, I would say Michael Jackson is probably the greatest artist ever. You know, I'm I'm a little bit biased when I say Kanye's the greatest artist, but if we're being honest, Michael Jackson is definitely number one. And then I probably I probably put Kanye right below Michael. Not as far as like cultural impact and be able to like I've seen these crazy videos of Michael Jackson where where he's kind of He's just driving around, he's walking, or he's performing at a show. And he was just standing there, and you see the camera, like, pans to this girl, and she's, like, passed out or whatever. So I don't think anybody has that pull like Michael Jackson does. But as far as, like, just artistry, I think Kanye's, like, right there. So that's why I would say, like, if I'm saying, like, Kanye's the greatest artist, I'm more talking about artistry, not not impact. And Michael Jackson definitely had that impact on a lot of people. So... That was that's my most listened to. I also enjoy also enjoy a lot of different music. So if you tune into ninety point seven WVMN Pulse Radio Mechanicsburg on Wednesdays at four, you can hear a little bit of more of what I listen to. Um this past Wednesday, I think at the time of recording this, I'm recording this on Sunday. So this past Wednesday we had like Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Erica Badu, I love Erica Badu. Uh, a Sade song, Rick James, just a lot of different stuff. A lot of old, a lot of old music, like Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was actually the twenty first of September, so I had to play September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was only right. Um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of music. I love a lot of music. Um, what else did I want to talk about today? So I also had, also had some sneaker stuff that I wanted to get off my chest. Um, 
I would say I'm I'm a pretty big sneaker guy compared to your average person. I'd say I'm pretty up there. There's like the extreme, and I'm not really at the extreme yet, but I do feel like I need to have a lot of shoes at at my disposal. Like it doesn't feel right if I'm just somewhere and I don't have at least like four or five pairs of shoes. It sounds a little crazy to say, but that's just how it is. So I'm trying to think of my recent purchases. My last shoe that I bought was these Yeezy 700s on Yeezy Day. Um, They're like these like tan and beige ones. Those are a really comfortable shoe. And I feel like I can wear them more than probably a lot of my shoes because if I wear them a lot, they're not going to look, you know, too dirty. Um, I also got these foam runners. Those foam runners are really like Crocs. Once you once you really look at it, they're like Crocs, but they're $90 and they say Yeezy and they look a little funky. But I wear them. I wear them just like Crocs. I really enjoy looking at them. I think they look really cool. Even though they look a little odd, I think they do look cool. Um, I also bought some Yeezy slides. So I've been buying a lot of Yeezy, probably because Kanye's my favorite artist. Um, I also got these Bapestas. Those are probably, honestly, after... No, I would say those are probably my, my favorite shoe to wear. Um, I think they're kind of, they kind of feel like Air Forces and they kind of look like them a little bit, but it still has that, like, that, that bathing ape feel to it. So those are my favorite shoe right now. They're gray and black. Um, they're a really good shoe. I would buy another pair, but if you don't get them at retail when they first come out, they become really expensive. So the cheapest pair right now that I could probably get is probably like maybe $300. That's a lot of money, especially for a college student, you know. Um, other than that, you know, I got, you know, your classic Nike Dunks when they got popular. I got I got a pair right before they got popular, and then I got one maybe at the, the height of its peak for retail. So it was like 100 bucks. But I like those shoes. I think they're really versatile because you can wear them with a lot of stuff. So I do like the Nike Dunks, and I kind of see why they got popular. Um, other than that, I got, you know, your classic Jordans, Jordan, what what do I have? I have the 11s, the 4s, the 3s, um, I think I got a pair of 8s, I don't wear those that much though, so yeah, got a bunch of different stuff, um, oh yeah, some 12s as well, and basketball, I got a lot of basketball shoes too, I think if I had to count all the shoes I have, it's probably, probably in the 40, 50 pair range. Um, so I do ha- I do own a lot of shoes. I don't wear all of them, though. Some of them are just older, or I don't like them anymore, or I can't wear them anymore because they don't fit. But I do own a lot of shoes. Basketball shoes, though. My favorite basketball shoe is the Kyrie 5 SpongeBob Pineapple House ones. Uh, I have a... Not only do I feel like they're, like, the most comfortable for me, but I do have a lot of good memories with them as far as, like, what I did with them in high school and stuff. So those are probably my favorite shoe that I have right now. I do like the KD-15s that came out um, over the summer. The Kyrie Infinities, they're a decent shoe, but they kind of, for me, like the insole is a little is a little funny feeling. So those aren't, like compared to some of the other Kyries that came out, I've had, I think I've had every pair of Kyries. Those are probably probably on lower on the end of my most enjoyable shoe to wear basketball wise. 
Um, I like the Lamellos that came out. I hope I'm kind of excited for when he drops, whenever he decides to drop another, another pair, um, to his to his collection. Uh, but I did I did like the first ones. The only thing is the traction wasn't too great on those, um, so I couldn't get a lot of wear out of them. But as far as I I have no complaints with you know the basketball shoes I have right now. Or the shoes I'm I'm wearing just for fun, so you know, I think from this whole podcast I'm at 56 minutes right now, but this whole podcast I think the main things to get out get out of this is, I think basketball is probably my main passion. Kind I kind of went in order a little bit as far as as far as talking about taking down these topics. Basketball is definitely my main passion and main focus. Um, music, then it's music. And then it's, you know, my my shoes. So those are like the three things I really take pride in and enjoy. And this is a long first episode, but I'm really excited for, you know, the next episodes to come and being able to talk a little bit more about all the topics I mentioned today. Um, so hope you enjoy and I'll catch you next week. Bye.